Welcome to The Butterfly Effect. I'm your host, Frances Lee Rogers, and each episode I'll interview a different female leader in sustainability on how they navigate the emotions of working in this space at this time in history. I hope you enjoy the episode. Let's get stuck in. Okay, so Joe, so nice of you to join me on this podcast of this week. Um, so could you just tell our listeners, first and foremost, kind of what you do um, and who you are? <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, it's just lovely, lovely to see you again after quite a few years. Um, lovely to be here with you. So, yeah, I'm um, Joe Jolly and I work now at the Infrastructure and Projects Authority. Um which is part of civil service and the role of the organisation really um, is to uh, oversee and support and inspire and and drive and um, improve, uh, constantly improve the performance of of government, major projects across government delivery. Um, And before that, I was at the Environment Agency where we worked together. uh, But again, it's all been in project management, project delivery um, and uh, and, and I loved working at the Environment Agency, and but but over the past few years, I've I've become sort of things have started, you know, the jigsaw sort of fits together, doesn't it? Or, or hopefully it does <laughs> a jigsaw comes together uh, over many years, and um, it it started occurring to me what what a life well lived for me would look like, and it's become very clear that a life well lived for me. Um, is that if is for me to feel that I've done my absolute best, and I mean my absolute best, um, to make the best difference I can for the planet through the work I do before I die, and that's it really. It's quite simple. Um, and and the, what, what's dawned on me about project delivery, which is my you know the profession I'm a part of, and it, and it came about um, at a, again enormous privilege a few years ago to join a, a closed meeting with Sir David King. And um, he talked about, you know, not only do we need to reduce greenhouse gas emission and draw them out of the atmosphere at scale, which we all know, but he was saying that that's not enough. Uh, We've also, certain climatic systems have gone beyond the tipping point. And he talked specifically about the Arctic, where more ice now melts in the summer than can ever refreeze in the winter. Um, And unless we repair damaged climatic systems, you know what we're doing around greenhouse gases is not enough, and um, and so he has established the Centre for Climate Repair um, at Cambridge, and he's working with engineers at Cambridge University to develop technologies to refreeze the Arctic using marine cloud brightening brightening technologies um, and other things. He was just on Radio Four the other day, World Ocean Day. He was talking about um, how how he's sort of working on. A, and a, a method to reseed the oceans because we've so depleted these extraordinary oceanic ecosystems, which, which you know, to a large degree, are the sort of lungs of the planet. Um, so he, and that's that's my bar on trying your best. <laughs> refreezing, refreezing the Arctic is my favourite project in the whole world. Um, and of course, you know, against that bar, I'm failing on a daily basis, aren't I? But it's just, a, a, I find it a very 
good, you know, sort of healthy reminder about, you know, sitting with the discomfort that, you know what, I don't think any of us are doing enough. Or if you think you're doing enough, maybe just check in with yourself. Could you just try one thing a little bit more? Because do you know what? So David King's trying to refreeze the Arctic. So every time I think I'm having a hard day or it's a bit tricky, I think, hmm, it's not, it's not that tricky, Joe, is it? Just try a bit harder, maybe. So um, I may never reach those dizzy heights, but if I can reconcile with myself that I've tried my best, then, then, then that's my life well lived. And that's why I went for this job, head of Project Futures at the Infrastructure and Projects Authority, transforming project delivery, because the climate emergency is a systemic problem. It needs a systemic solution. And I can't think of anything more systemic than project delivery. So regardless of the project you're delivering, how we make choices through the decisions we make every day, so we maximise the benefits delivering uh, towards the UN SDGs and minimise the disbenefits. And, you know, happy to talk more about that. But um, we can do this and we can do this by choice. We don't need laws or policies. We just turn up every day and make good choices because we can. But you have to feel, I believe, suitably uncomfortable with the status quo and suitably hopeful that you can make a real difference. And, and that's probably where I sit most of the time uh anyway fun that's me <laughs> i love that i love the um yeah I, I love the fact that you're kind of helping to inspire yourself by giving you giving something giving yourself something that works for you in terms of that benchmark yeah yeah um exactly. yeah and and you know refreezing the arctic the the arctic like that's major isn't it wow whilst whilst um, so I'm really interested, Jet. Talk to me about kind of if you look back, um, if uh, on your life, kind of now to when you were little. Like, would you have ever thought you'd be kind of doing the work that you do, or or is it is it was it always a passion? Yeah, great question. Um, I suppose I can look back and see themes. I suppose so. Um, um, so I'm 50 now. So I was growing up in the, you know, the 80s. I think, you know, that awareness of climate change was very much around then. Um, yeah, you know, and I, even then, you know, you, you, I look back with some, I don't know, you know, the, you see what Greta's doing now. You see the, the voice we can have. You know, I cared so deeply about it. I really did. Um, and and that, so, you know, I, I did earth sciences at university. I didn't even really know what it was, earth sciences, but it had earth in it. You know, I I, um, I also chose to go to Liverpool University because I love the Beatles. So, you know, not all my choices have been <laughs> terribly worthy. <laughs> um, I, I had a whale of a time, by the way. But um, uh you know, yes, it's, you know, it's been a huge passion, a huge awareness, compassion for animals. Um, so, yes, I think that's always been there. Um, I think my innate personality is quite, you know, I am a, a, I grew up as a carer for my mum. And I think that is, you know, sort of innately, I go more to that place, the sort of caring place. Um and that's been at my detriment at times as well. And, you know, happy to talk more about um, about that too. You know, 
very openly. Um, so I don't think it's any great surprise that the, that the traits are there, but you know, but I've absolutely followed my nose, you know, like I say, my choices on where I went to university. In fact, when I left school, I trained to be a riding instructor. My other huge passion in life is horses. So oh, that's wow. what I was going to do. Horses, horses, horses was, you know, everything I loved. My weekends at the riding school, I spent all my weekends there when I was a child and, you know, cycle off on a Saturday morning and, and not be seen probably till Sunday night or something. But, um, <laughs> uh, but actually, a lot of when where I trained to be a riding instructor, you know, a lot of and I had a place at university and deferred it for a year. And a lot of people said, oh, you know, it's a it's a bloody tough life, you know. And actually, maybe think about getting a job, getting your own. And um, and then anyway, I went, and they said at least go to university and then make your choices. Yeah. And I went off to university and then did an MSc and then a PhD. And that, so never endingly following my nose, I'm afraid. Um, but hey, you know, I, I think there's worse ways to live your life. Uh, and, and I'm very fortunate, incredibly fortunate, the way life has unfolded. Incredibly fortunate. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, kind of how did you kind of end up in the kind of leadership role that you're in now then? Like how, how did that happen? Or does that, yeah, yeah how did that happen? Um, well, I think but a lot back to that why. So I, I'd got to a point where, um, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty clear on my why now. Um, so whilst I love my job here, you know, at the time at the Environment Agency, and, and I, you know, th 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 there's always a way you can make a difference in any job you're in, in any stage of life, you know, hasn't, hasn't Gressid has shown us that. Yeah. Um, so there's always a way. But, but I was thinking, you know, is there a role where I could have more influence to make the best difference for the planet through the work I do before I die? Um, and, and I happened across this role, Head of Project Futures at the Infrastructure and Projects Authority. So the IPA, Infrastructure and Projects Authority, reports directly into Cabinet Office and Treasury. So it's right at the heart of government. And I saw this role. It was advertised. The three things it was advertised on was um, um, sustainability digital and data and thought leadership. For, for me, that's the sort of human part of project delivery. And when I saw it, I thought, yeah, right there. That's that's what we've got. Because my other guilty pleasure, I seem to have many, is um, is data and data analytics. Um, and again, you know, I'd love to talk more about the, the project data analytics task force that I'm um, so, you know, privilege to be a part of um, a, a wonderful bunch of people who come together again no ego you know senior people from across industry academia public sector but we've come together to try to transform project delivery through um, really well through the use of data and data analytics which isn't at all uh, you know a, a part really of, pro of project delivery at the moment so um I've gone off on one bit. So one was sort of, is there a place I, I, I can um, uh, make the best difference I can? And, and I saw this role. And and also I had a call with, with Helen, um, Helen Campbell, my extraordinary, fabulous uh, boss. And I had a call with her beforehand. I'd always recommend people do that, you know, if you're interested in a job, because who your boss is really matters. And um, And again, I'm pinching myself how fortunate I am to have a boss 
like Helen, she's the model of psychological safety. She, she's smart. She knows what she's good at. She knows what she's not good at. Um, she has, you know, low ego. She's kind. She's clear. There's a consistency. She's very empowering. Um, so um, I, I could not be more fortunate in the role of men. And you did ask me. <laughs> I do also need to course go on a course on brevity and and remembering what the question was. But um, uh, because the other thing I did want to say, um, I think we were talking about you know how how we got here and our sort of leadership. Yeah, how did you? So how did you get here? Right, how did you get to your leadership, the role that you're you're in? So you're absolutely. um, But I think the other big thing and that you know just to be very open about it um because again I, we don't talk about these things enough and they become taboo and i'm i'm damned if if this stuff's going to hide in the shadows because that's where it thrives and um so only a few years ago you know uh i i was actually signed off work for four weeks um because i was on my knees um and that was due to a toxic work environment um amongst my peer group and uh, I tried, I, you know, I tried and tried to make, you know, the the relationships, the work, what we're doing work. But um, I hadn't realised it, but I, I was just getting more and more and more and more eroded. And, um, and then I started getting, you know, real physical symptoms. So, you know, racing heart at night and waking up and all this thing. And I thought, oh, OK, I, I'm officially a bit scared now and um, I spoke to my GP who was wonderful just a phone call you know so please you know the phone call appointments are great and you know he talked it through and, and it was um, I felt that he you know he just understood it and he said you know I can sign you off for four weeks I said oh, oh, two's fine two's fine and um, you know I still wasn't admitting I, I, I needed help um, I was still struggling through you know and um and he said the thing is after after the first week you'll be thinking with two weeks after the first week you'll be thinking about coming back mm-hmm. and um and in the end I just said oh you know okay four weeks oh, oh, yeah four weeks <laughs> and um and I, and I my goodness you know I needed it um but what occurred to me fairly early on in those four weeks was mm, okay you don't just take time off work and then go back to work to an environment that you know you're not thriving well in and of course the the uncomfortable truth is starts with me doesn't it what is my the, and the well what is my role in that situation how did I contribute because again uncomfortable truth time we all contribute don't we to any any situation any relationship we have a role to play um and what can I change in myself or what can I work on in myself because that's all that's in my control I can't change anyone around me. I can't change the world around me. And I had uh, at the Environment Agency, we have this internal coaching network um, where we train people to be coaches, which is a brilliant thing. And so you can just act, you self-refer. And so I had coaching with the utterly fabulous Crystal Moore. And um, and I was ready. You know, that was important. It's like, right, I see this now as a lifeline, not... Um, I was just ready to go to a really vulnerable, open... Ooh, all right you know this is it's this or boss kind of thing isn't it so I, I was ready and I think you've got to be in that mindset to get to really get out of it and and again it comes back to that 
sort of earlier part of the you know the sort of caring stuff really that um and what I learned was none of it was a surprise I was sort of dealing with it but only say 70 percent yeah and obviously that that harder situation I was in really revealed my weaknesses um and I'm not being sort of um not beating myself up about it but you know that awareness is so empowering so I don't set good boundaries I don't value what I'm good at and I don't ask what I need and therefore that environment I was sort of colluding wasn't I I was giving the power away to I don't mean power but you know what I mean I was I was giving it away all the time I wasn't asking for what I needed I wasn't saying this isn't okay my boundaries were all right back here and so it, it it exhausted me um and and I think what I've come to learn about my I've always thought that sort of kindness and compassion were real weaknesses you know actually when I had my first deputy director interview for the role of, I was in at the environment agency I remember in the interview being asked you know what what you see as your weaknesses or something and, and I said something like um well people they call me nice and um like that was a pain isn't that awful yeah. and the, the lovely HR um but person on the panel said there's worse things to be called and I could have cried I think I probably did but um I, and I got the job you yeah. know that I got the job because oh well I don't know I got the job but um but that's how I viewed it that this that actually kindness and compassion is is a weakness but of course it's not it's a superpower well Again, we're all just who we are, aren't we? But understand who you are and understand who you're not. Mm. You know, we that the, the wonderful John Cowell, who I have the pleasure of working with, a psychologist, he says we are all the incomplete leader. Mm. We, but then we're the complete team. But it's about knowing yourself, knowing who you are, knowing what you're not, <laughs> not trying to be what you're not. And um, yeah, and then, then, then I think you're more at ease with yourself. And then I think you can be yourself more, can't you? Um, yeah. So, so I learned, you know, again, so often, isn't it, through the hardest of times, and very fortunately, you know, and I do recognise this with brilliant support around me, you know, lovely Crystal, my beautiful husband, um, long suffering, and uh, you know, and a and a boss that said, "You take the time, Joe. You take the time." Um, and a team that said, don't worry, Joe, we've got this, you know, so, you know, it's credit or it's that sort of whole ecosystem again around you, isn't it? That that just was there and just meant I got through it in a really healthy way and came out healthier. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's really helpful. You've kind of already answered my next question. Oh, sorry, Fran. <laughs> right. That's brilliant. Um, so uh, I guess I'm also so you've, you've really there like nailed kind of what you're talking about in terms of your unique style and and how you developed as a as a leader. So it's really great to hear, Joe. Um, and you know certainly what I've seen in my time working with you back at the Environment Agency. So, um, but it, it's it's funny that I carried shame about it. Yeah, it was like my dark secret. God, I'm a bit nice, you know. Mm. No, please don't, you know, I'm not everyone, I don't suppose everyone says I'm nice, you know, don't don't think I'm getting ideas by my station, but but that you know, the the innately caring, you know, that, that's yeah. who I am. I'm, I'm sort of one of those carers, if you like. That's my disposition. 
and and so I saw those things as weaknesses in leadership and and anything yeah you know I I can make it a weakness if I overplay that yeah yeah make it a weakness you know but also with with practicing much more healthy habits which believe me is a lifelong journey you know you don't just go I've got it I've changed yeah of course I'll always have that propensity of course I'll you know but but you can keep working and it is a never-ending journey but you can keep working to to you know to be in a healthier place for sure yeah Um, and I'd love to share one have you heard of the Bani model Fran oh I don't think I have no well it was Crystal who shared it with me and um so we talk a lot about VUCA don't we you know volatile uncertain complex and ambiguous and and the antidotes to a sort of you know vision and um understanding and clarity or so you know it's got an acronym that the antidotes and and I get that but you know, and they're sort of good things, but the VUCA model itself is 30 odd years old. And Crystal said, you know, have you heard of Bani? And I said, oh, I haven't. And, um, and I look, you know, she sent me a link and, uh, and so it, it describes the world now, uh, or, or, you know, or I, I can, it makes sense to me that this is a description of the world now, you know, others may yeah. disagree, but, um, and so it talks about Bani that the, um, I'm just looking at a little summary on my computer now, but it's, it's about brittle, that lack of stability and things that are easy to shatter, you know, that things that we thought w- were firm can suddenly fail. And A is anxiety, you know, we're gripped by anxiety, non-linear. Um, so what was, you know the cause and effect is less clear now and actually i is incomprehensible so not only are things are volatile and complex you know that that they're difficult if not impossible to understand but then the antidotes to bunny are about resilience and empathy and mindfulness and transparency and intuition and i love these words you know aren't they beautiful and aren't they yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd recommend people to have a look at that and just see. It it helps me frame how I experience some of the world and some, you know, just, oh, God, you know, it can be too much, can't it? But hey, let's these things matter and it will be these things that keep us healthy and keep us as resilient as we can be moving through a world that feels like this so yeah I just wanted to share it because I found it just lovely thank you yes absolutely and and you know for me as well it's it's resonating because um the work I do with clients and and um as I've said to you um is you know helping women like yourself and you know others stay sane in this insane world because because it does feel a bit insane sometimes doesn't it one minute, you know, we, we're also very clear about the tipping points that are, um, are, 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 we're there with some of them. They're they're coming. We know that from the science, and um, but but then we see we switch on the day to day news and the kind of scale and um, size of the uh, of the issue and crisis is 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 not really there, um, and I find that. I find that really hard sometimes to to uh, navigate myself around. I think um, I think others do as well. Um, it's um, it's a real challenge um, to to just kind of acknowledge what's going on in your own body and how you're feeling these emotions mm-hmm. that, that you can't, you get yin and yang. It's it feels like two extremes. You know, one minute somebody's telling you everything's fine, and the next minute you kind of like, no, it's not. 
I know it's not. Um, and what we're going to do about it. Um, so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, and I love the way you describe that, Fran. You, yeah, you have a lovely way of describing, putting into words, you know, what I feel so often, actually. But then it's helpful to put it into words because it, it just takes... I don't know what it's just that you're much better at this time but it you know it, it kind of I can make sense of it a bit more just in the yeah. way you've described it there I think yeah yeah that's how it is and then you can you know start to move forward again can't you because you've just made a little bit more sense of it so yeah I love yeah absolutely I think it's um for me as well and um the conversation I have with others is around just not feeling alone in this space as well mm. and going this is ridiculous <laughs> Yeah. Hello. Hello. There? Anybody else think this is ridiculous? Um, so yeah, and you know, it goes it goes against all the logic that we know in our minds, like that we want to be doing, and and we just see um, see that issue, see it really. Um, my dog is scratching around at the door. That's why I'm slightly like. Great, Do you need it? to go rescue? Oh no, that's absolutely no. right. Don't worry about it. He can stay. My husband might do something with him in a minute. It's fine as long as he doesn't start barking. But hey, things bark. happen. Come join in. Come join things in. happen. <laughs> things happen when you're recording a podcast. It's no problem. <laughs> so, Joe, um, you've already shared that kind of um, ballet um, acronym and what it means. So, um, I'll put some details in the notes for others so they can get a link to it. Sure. Thank you for that. Um, what, how do you kind of manage, you talked there about a specific time where you, um, you know, uh, had, a, had a challenge and, uh, and, and how you worked through that. How do you keep yourself on a place where you feel you can still um, be resilient and productive and all of those things on a day-to-day -day basis? How do you kind of make sure that, you know, um, Joe's all right and Joe's able to keep going and, and do the great work that you do? Yeah, um, I I do have to work at it. Well, who who doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't? Um, actually, innately, I'm I'm quite um, uh, I'm a bit glass half empty, sort of in and for myself. You know, there's a lot of self doubt. Um, I think there's quite low self regard. Less so, you know. I have I have worked on that over the years, but um, uh, you know. Um, and actually, you know, drawn to a bit of melancholy, and 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 actually, like you say, you know, even if that's not innately who we are, my goodness, you know, I do hear about people just don't look at the news anymore because it's so grim, you know. And I, I I do get that, you know. I think you do have to be a little bit careful what you're just constantly exposing yourself to, you know, because it it can um can drag you down. But I I I'm actually quite. <laughs> quite good at doing that all for myself um so some things that I've really worked at and uh I, I do love meditation um but I'm not very disciplined at doing it on my own so I do you know over the years gone to classes which I find wonderful it does um but the one thing I do have found that I've managed to um 
Um, I'm just being very open here about the things that you know. Yeah, I'd love to say yeah. I'm meditating up and do. You know, I'm terrible in the morning. You don't, you don't get up uh, at five o'clock in the morning and do it for I'm, an hour. No, I, I drag <laughs> myself out at the last possible minute because I'm so not a morning person, and then I scrabble around and grab a cup of tea and run out the door or something. So yeah, that's as good as it gets. Um, uh, it is gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. I love it. Um, it's so simple and, and it's such an easy habit to, you know, just notice three things every day. And OK, you know, and it's that thing. I think if you do something for 21 days or something, then it becomes a habit. Um, and that's the wonderful thing about the brain, isn't it? You know, it's so plastic. You can um, you can develop new habits. You can develop new neural pathways. And actually, as long as you're not reinforcing those unhelpful ones, they do sort of grow over in time they may never go completely I don't know but you know I'm not an expert in this but I do understand that much about it so you know it, it's reinforcing what you want your thoughts to be and and minimizing what you don't want them to be and there's a real consciousness and awareness around that isn't there you know I, I do find it, it took me a long time to recognize the negative script that was just going in my head all the time yeah but because it was so normal for me I didn't even know it was there so it was, you know, it's been through coaching and, you know, mindfulness and, you know, because when you quieten your mind, oh, you know, <laughs> oh, I realise now what's going on. So, uh, and again, these things are, um, you know, we can do them. We can do those apps. There's, you know, these things don't have to cost anything at all. Um, and gratitude. So, I, you know, just a lovely cup of tea. Um looking at the buds on the trees I know that can sound a bit polyamorous or a bit ooh, but I am so bad at not noticing the good things in life and worrying about what might happen what will happen what went wrong last week and even in the here and now what's not right that's where my mind actually goes to and I think again all of us you know we're humans are hardwired to look for the risks aren't we so we have to really amplify the positive and um, like I say, it's just become such a lovely habit. And I've noticed how it's tipped my resilience um, into a far more, you know, nobody's endlessly resilient. But um, I appreciate what's around me so much more. And it's so beautiful. And I'm so lucky. And I've spent a lot of my life not noticing that. And that's a real shame, isn't it? So that's a big one. Uh, my lovely, lovely husband who you know um I, i'm so fortunate to have met we just got married last year met sort of later in life both divorced uh just me and john at our wedding with our lovely rescue greyhound as best man and um I, and i'm very fortunate to have um horses as well N nothing fancy most of them sort of <laughs> few rescues and things but um how fortunate am i you know how flipping fortunate am i so um yeah but it's I think the biggest thing is noticing it because for a large part of my life I just have noticed the bad and not the good and that's a real sadness isn't it that's a real shame for anybody to do that so I think that's probably the biggest thing for me I think it starts with me because then that there's one other th oh no sorry I talk too much go on tell me the tell me the other thing you do go on through um I've learned so much myself with the horses, actually, because horses are wonderful mirrors because they're not trying to get one over on you. You know, they don't have an agenda. And when you're riding a horse, it's just you and the horse, isn't it? And and ultimately, you're trying to connect 
with them you know their mind you're trying to communicate in a way that they understand um and so you understand and yet in in sport and like at work or school you know we invest so much in the sort of technical but so little in the mind mm -hmm. and so sports psychology is obviously you know very much embracing um the, the understanding of that and the importance of it isn't it and there's a guy called charlie unwin and he he's a sports psychologist and um but he does some sort of workshops and things you know that people can sign up to and he, he showed this um video it was called you see the world through how you feel and if you google that on youtube and it, there's one uh, video it's the same video plays twice but there's different music playing over each one and the first one is like ee, ee, music and, and everything looks threatening and scary and the other is all la, la, you know lovely music everything yeah. looks happy and and that was it you know i was seeing the world with that jangly music in my head and what I work at now through gratitude is having the more positive music in my head. And so I see the same world totally differently. I'll always have that propensity to be negative. I get that and, and melancholy. But, um, but I, you know, just like going down the gym, I can, I can just keep bringing myself back to the more positive music playing in my head. So, yeah, and I love the simplicity of the video. It's so powerful. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it, it is that thing, isn't it, around actually just like we might want, um, you know, a healthy body and be able to do, you know, um, do the activities without being out of breath or go up the stairs and all the rest of it. We, yes. You know, we have to train our bodies. We, we just have to do the same thing with our minds. We do. Mm. Um, and we cannot just expect, because our minds are hardwired for that negative, because that's how we've evolved and how we've got to where we are. So it does take practice to kind of notice the good stuff, but it mm. we know that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not always easy work. It's simple, but not easy. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love that, Fran. It's yeah. simple, it's, it, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the work that needs to be done, isn't it? And we all need to do it. None of us, are, you know, can to lesser or greater extent but we all need to do that work because otherwise we you know we miss so much like you just said we we miss out and it's such a shame that uh so many people do miss out because of that uh that perspective and i'm not, not yeah. that life can be hard for a lot of people but um exactly and and i'm not being glib about that i suppose i'm sort of um yeah exactly but so then almost and i might not choose the right word so forgive me if it, if i say it in a clunky way but um you know almost like how dare i then not see the world what i do have because my goodness you know what people would give to have what i have you know yeah. and yet i can't even see it yeah i, I you know I, I sort of how dare i <laughs> um so i i totally yeah you know this isn't again please don't think i'm just thinking think yourself happy you know that's that's not how that's not what i'm saying definitely and i'm sorry no, that's not what you're suggesting either but 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 for me not to recognize what i have mm. it, i i think it's kind of like i say is is wrong because because then you know going back to the whole because if i'm at my best 
I can do my best for projects. I can do better for the planet. You know, if I'm in this extraordinary privileged position where I have, you know, health and love in my life, and then again, you know, who am I not to be at my best so as I can put that back, if you like, into the system? I might be making no sense, but um, no, you are. But yeah, making... you know, this, yeah. Sorry, I'll stop. I, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it did. It made complete sense. Mm. Um, I, I feel that too. I feel that, um, you know, who, who am I to feel bad about the circumstances that I have and and, um, and how we can do so much good. Um, yeah. And through collaboration with each other, not competition, gotcha. uh, through... Um, meeting each other where we are being open and just really honest about mm. how sometimes challenging the world is is and sometimes how brilliant it can be as well. yeah. just having that yin and yang joe it's been absolutely delightful to speak to you um i can't believe it's taken us this long to 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 talk <laughs> i know i know but, um thank you and uh thank you for your time today i really really appreciate it and i know that um i know that the listeners will also really connect with um what you've talked about today so thank you for all your thank time thank you fran and thank you for all you're doing supporting people to be at their best to you know to do their best it's wonderful and uh, you're an absolute role model in your own right about taking the action to you know and you know and watch the journey of of, of your career and, and what you're doing and how you're doing it and it's beautiful so thank you Fran. thank you likewise we've reached that time it's the end of the episode thank you for listening if you enjoyed what you heard then please hit follow for more you can always find me over on linkedin too i've been your host francis lee rogers and i'll see you next time